I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. Sometimes in life, you get a feeling that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. You know what I mean? When something clicks or ideals are embraced or thoughts and values align with other people. I had a feeling this might be the case when I first met my guest today. In fact, I think one of the first messages I got from her before we met at a workshop was, I just gotta warn ya, I'm a hugger. And of course, when we did meet, that hug was delivered as promise. Jim Rohn said, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And as I subscribe to that theory, I'm thinking it's people like today's guest that I should spend more time hanging around. And in today's chat, it's this human relationship element to business storytelling that we'll be focusing in on. My guest today is the inimitable, fast-talking, switched-on, well-connected, warm-hearted Canadian, otherwise known as Angela Henderson. She's the owner of Finley and Me, an online baby product store and hugely subscribed blog. And more recently, she's been busy helping other business owners nail their goals through Angela Henderson Consulting. Angela's an author, an entrepreneur, she's a business consultant, a speaker, a blogger, and a mental health clinician with over 15 years experience. And most importantly to her, she's the mother of two kids, Finley and Chloe. So. Enough from me, let's get into the chat with Angela Henderson. So Angela Henderson, welcome to Engage With Story. Thanks very much for your time. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, Ben. It's always awesome to connect with you. Yeah, so for those listeners, Angela and I connected a little while back. We're both based in uh, Queensland in Australia here. And uh, I since getting to know what Angela's been doing, I've been seriously blown away by both the size of the audience that you've built around what you've been doing, but also you know, what I feel is is a real genuine nature in business of looking to help and serve people uh, that are around you, both your audience through your blog, Finley and Me, but also through uh, th- your business community around you through your business Angela Henderson Consulting. So congratulations on that and well done. Thank you so much. It's been So a- what I want to do for those people who are uh, – cut you off there. Sorry about that, Angela. But <laughs> no, right. I have a question to ask you. <laughs> I love and that questions. question is tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are today. I want to know your story and for those listeners who are listening who don't know who you are. No, perfect. So I started Finley and Me about, it will be seven years ago in just a week from now, which is kind of crazy to think it's been that long. And the reason why I started Finley and Me was because I felt there was a disconnect in the community with particular baby products. I felt everything was plastic. And though I too have plastic toys, I felt that broken toys and batteries were starting to do my head in. So I initially started Finley and Me selling baby products, to which we now have 1,400 different baby products we sell, um, from little babies up to about the age of six to seven years of age. From that though, I knew 
I needed to connect better with my community. And so I started blogging. And I didn't blog necessarily about the products. I blogged about what my audience wanted. And through that, I didn't just go statistics say blah, blah, blah. What I did was as I told it in a story. So I told it from either my perspective or another mom's perspective or a combination of perspectives. And yeah, so that's how Finley and Me grew. And obviously from Finley and Me, I started my Angela Henderson Consulting where I work with small business owners on creating business strategy for multiple things. Blogging is one of them, but not everything to work on their short, medium and long term goals. So that's a little bit about I mean, where I started. Yeah, so really interesting there, the idea that you were talking about how how you, the perspective of the stories that you were telling, you know, helped to connect with that community that you're looking to connect to. I'm interested to ask you, what does storytelling mean to you, both in the personal sense and also in the business sense? So maybe expand on that a bit further. Sure. For, so you can only sell to your audience for so long. It, I mean, it, it, they get it gets mundane, they get bored, they whatever. But people don't buy, um, do you know what I mean, from computers. People buy from people. So I was yeah. really looking at a way that I could connect with them on a more personal level. And through that story building and connecting, I could then talk about my products. So it was a strategic move. I'm not going to lie about it. It was strategy around that. So I started surveying my audience about what type of topics they would prefer to talk about. So instead of me guessing and then providing content and storytelling that was irrelevant to my target audience, I then asked them. So things came up around postnatal depression, mental health, um, what else? Just basic things like feeling disconnected as a mom, not knowing where to go, losing their identity. Those are the things. So what is storytelling mean to me is I think it's a way of connection. And in order for you to succeed in life or in business, you need to connect with people. And I think we're losing that connection. You look at social media, for example, it's a great platform or there's lots of great platforms for us to use. But at the end of the day, when you ask people if they feel connected with people, most people say no. They, they, we've mm -hmm. lost that connection. So I think it's super important for me to show my kids how to connect with people, you know, talk to people. Um, the storytelling doesn't have to happen all the time. But again, just start those conversations, start building the connections, start weaving in your past experience and your life experience to, to build those relationships. So I guess that's a little bit about what storytelling means to me. Yeah, can I expand on that a bit further with you? Because I think, you know, what I'm really conscious of in this Engage With Story podcast is not just throwing the word storytelling around willy-nilly, I guess. Um, you know, storytelling can be seen as a bit of a buzzword, particularly in marketing and, and online business. But it, what you're talking about there is is when you're using the word storytelling is not I assume, uh, not just writing a story on your blog, like a once upon a time, you know, this happened, then this happened. That's correct. You know, can you maybe expand a bit further on what, how storytelling actually implemented for you and that, that ideas around storytelling, how are you using that every day in the way that you're communicating? So I'll use an example over the weekend and it will be a little bit lengthy, but I'll try and keep it short is my daughter and I were at Coles. And I saw a gentleman in front of me and I don't know, for whatever reason, I decided I like to do random acts of kindness for people. So I said to him, can I please buy your groceries? And he said, I'm sorry, what did you say? He goes, I'm 89. It's hard to hear. And I said, can I buy your groceries? And then he got on to talking about how his wife had passed away and et cetera. And the checkout lady was really kind. She let him tell a story. And I'm summarizing this very quickly. But then once he left, he said, thank you for your offer. But, you know, I'll pay for my own. I said, no worries. 
lady tapped my shoulder as Chloe and I were looking at the flowers. And she said, I heard, I just overheard what you did. Would you mind me buying flowers for you now? So I told a story and I wrote it, you know, something like, I'm just reading it now. As I write this, I have tears rolling down my cheeks, not from the sadness, but from the happiness. And then I explain my story. Now I had yeah. thousands of people because I told it from my heart. I didn't, you know, there were some spelling errors. I just told it I had a picture. I think it was shared, uh, over 4,000 people liked it on our page with so many shares. And then Love What Matters is a big Facebook page in the U.S. with over 7 million followers. They saw my post and then they shared it. And I looked this morning and there was over 13,000 people had liked it, 782 people had shared it and over 200 comments. Why? Because I told a story. So in that instance, I wasn't doing that as a business strategy. I did that to humankind. I wanted people to know that it doesn't take much for you to be kind. And I did that through my storytelling. So, however, it just so happens that because I shared it also on my business page, not just my personal page, that it's really gone viral. So it's created opportunities for me. I've been contacted by KidSpot for them to run an article. And I've got another person emailed me through. I don't know them well, but yeah, another company's emailed me through looking at posting the story all because I wrote down exactly what do you mean I was feeling and people connect with that so that's really important yeah I think what's beautiful about that is that there is just it's authentic storytelling you know you're not you didn't go into that crafting a story to you reach particular goal no, in your business uh, absolutely not and that there, there is obviously value in thinking about storytelling in it, you know, crafting stories for the purpose of business, but, and we can discuss that later as well. But in this case, it was just using story as a way of authentically communicating something that means something to you. And I guess humanizing who you are and therefore by default, your brand kind of goes along for the ride. Yeah, absolutely. So even though I said earlier, that there are blog posts I write strategically, this one was just written because I was just writing it, you know, like I was just literally typing it, I couldn't get my hands to type quick enough, you know, because it was just something that really hit home for me. And I, I don't, I use the word authentic, but I think it's something that gets overused sometimes. But I do think in this instance, it was an authentic, you know, um, story, but also people are getting dragged down by seeing so much negative and those storytelling can be negative at times. I think again, you've got to, you've got to be mindful of what your, what your story is going to be doing and what's the purpose of it. Just to go and write a story to write a story could actually damage your brand. So I'm talking from a business point of view. So, you know, people need to be mindful of that. I'm interested to ask as well, as Finley and me as a blog and, a, and an online store is targeting mums. I think that our listeners can see a really direct correlation between that story of a, of a mum and a daughter in a, you know, relatively familiar situation at, you know, in a shopping center, you know, it, it's a genuine story, authentic story. Absolutely. But I think there's a, a direct correlation between telling that story and what your target audience would be interested to read. Um, there's probably an argument to make there that it's a, you know, such a wide ranging human interest story that anyone would be interested to read it. Um, I read that post on Facebook and I'm not a, uh, in your target market directly, but I, I was really touched by that as well. So, um, but to my question, where do you think that people in business who maybe are targeting, say, a business to business type um, uh, target audience, like let's say they're 
blogging or, or something around financial services, for example. Um, you know, how can they use authentic storytelling and, and maybe learn from that experience that you had, do you think? Again, I think it depends on how connected they are. If they've only ever just collected emails to then send out a newsletter to then do it the next week and it's the same kind of automated process, I think whether or not it's a blogger like a mommy blogger and they're doing that or whether or not it's a financial person, you're going to run into troubles because you're still not connecting with your audience. So to me, I did a lot of stuff where I did the pregnancy and expos uh, face-to-face. So that I initially built my relationships and face-to-face we know converts better than anything. So sometimes I think uh, financial officers, though ideally they sit in an office the majority of the time, those that I know have gone out to networking groups and to do a variety of what different things to connect with people, have higher conversions through their newsletter and their overall marketing because they've actually made human connections. People can still be successful and still run Facebook ads that go into a funnel that, you know, and the cycle just keeps going around. But are they going to be long term relationships? Maybe, maybe not. Are they going to have a higher or a quicker conversion rate? Probably not. And I'll use an example. When I meet with my, uh, I get a discovery call email that will say you've got a person, you know, potential client signing up to chat with you. I'll then go on there and I'll meet with them. Now, of the 14 clients that I currently have had, what has happened is, is of the 12 that I've spoken to face to face, either over a coffee or I've gone through and met them, you know, via Skype, they've converted easy, super easy because you need to make human contact and pain points and see people. Whereas when I was the two people that unfortunately I wasn't able to meet face to face and my Skype went out. So I had to call. It took me three times longer to convert those people. So what I'm saying is, is storytelling is the same type of thing. You can think you're storytelling, but if you don't have a connection with people, if you're not taking time to comment on their questions, if you're not taking time to like their stuff, if you're not using Facebook Live as another mechanism um, to build those connections, I think storytelling will be harder for you. Um, yeah, I just think it will naturally be kind of a, a grind and not as easy. So I guess I, I the way I did it is I built relationships. I got to know people face to face. I comment on their stuff. I've created a group. Um, you know, I, I try and remember some birthdays when I can. I mean, I've got a fairly big following, but there's certain people who have followed me for a very long time. So just little things like that. If not, it will be very hard, Ben. I think that's something, you know, that anyone listening can take away if they're, they're building their business in any way, because whether you're, uh, you know, in a a business to consumer kind of a business or, you know, like I said, the financial planner in a business to business type space, then that idea of building an engaged community around you, I think is equally true for any type of business. So rather than looking at it as, you know, building a a list of prospects or leads, look at it as building a community. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think uh, we're going to see the pendulum swing here in the next few years. People are getting over social media. Don't get me wrong, Facebook will always be around probably and you know, Google and all that. But what I'm saying is people are feeling more disconnected. So therefore, when they're part of a community, that connection starts to build. But more importantly, trust starts to happen, which more than which leads to the conversions, you know, from a business. Again, I'm only talking on business, not personal life at this stage. Yeah, so community awesome. is super important. Yeah, right. absolutely. So on that, as Angela Henderson, business consultant, and also, you know, having, uh, you know, built the community around you and Finley and me that you've you've built over the years, 
I'd love to pick your brain for, let's say, some top tips. You can do top three tips or whatever, whatever comes to mind, but top tips around how people who are listening can start to build that engaged community around them and their brand. You know, let's imagine that they basically feel, ah, I actually have no community and no relationships around. I've just got customers or potential customers. Mm -hmm. You know, how can they start? What are some top tips? Number one, I would say don't worry about the number. Too many people, I think, go out looking to building a community to get, you know, 50,000, 10,000. You're better off having 10 supported, engaged, authentic members in your community than you are to have 50,000 people who don't really care who you are. So again, I guess my first tip is don't worry about the numbers. Embrace whoever wants to be part of your community. Two, nurture them. So don't just, you know, have a Facebook group and then don't talk. Or don't just have a Facebook page and don't do anything on it. You need to be responding to their comments. You need to be asking them questions. You, even those ones who are quite quiet, try and pull them out some way, somehow. Sometimes what I'm currently doing in my Australian business collaborative group on Facebook is I'm trying to do a business a week. And I know that I'll never get through 600 businesses right now. But the point of the matter is, is I'm trying to pull out some audience members who either have done, don't really say a lot or have um, contributed quite a bit, kind of two ends of the spectrum. And I want to highlight what they're doing um, as a way to show that, again, I'm committed to knowing my community members. So it might not seem like a lot to some people, but those people who have been acknowledged so far have personally messaged me saying, you know, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. So go the extra mile, do the little things uh, would be my third thing to make people feel special and that you're actually caring and that it's not automated. So yeah, those would be my three tips. Yeah, that's great. So don't worry about the numbers, just summarizing this for you. Uh, Nurture them. Yeah, build those relationships. I mean, you can't build a relationship without, you know, getting to know, like, and trust the people that you're building relationships with and go the extra extra mile. Um, I'm interested to explore what some of those ways of going the extra extra mile might be, particularly, you know, in a, you know, in a building a business sense, not so much building, say, a Facebook community. Uh, And I love that example you used there of, you know, building your Facebook group through highlighting members in that way. Uh, But if you're, say, let's say you you sell product, Mm -hmm. you sell a, you know, you sell some kind of widget, um, how do you go the extra mile if you sell physical product? Yeah. So again, I sell physical products through Finley and me. And there's again, a bunch of different things that we do. We will, the way with, um, like when a parcel goes out, you know, putting a note inside of it, addressing it to the person, to the person, not just like a generic, Hey, thank you for purchasing from Finley and me like, Oh, hi, Judy. Thank you so much for purchasing from Finley and me, blah, 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 blah. You can also, some people will like gift wrap things. They'll put a little things in there for free, but remember, When you do that, make sure you're giving something away for free that is actually providing them value. So if you are giving them a magnet, ask yourself, would you want that magnet on your fridge? So you can, again, be counterproductive if you're just giving things away to do it. So it's better off even just writing a note and handwriting it and personalizing it than giving away other stuff that's going to mean nothing to them and end up in the bin and cost you money in the long run. So, yeah, so that would be one way. Um, Another way, phone calls. So if I have a problem, if uh, one of my customers has a problem, 
I used to always email back and forth. Now, if the problem is like their parcel has been delayed by a couple of days or whatever, we will just pick up the phone and have a call with them. People get, they de-escalate so quickly and they actually then turn around and appreciate and say things like, this is the best customer service. Thank you so much for this, et cetera. So don't be afraid to go back to old fashioned tactics and just pick up the phone. Who They probably haven't even heard their phone ring for crying out loud for weeks because we never call people anymore. So it's another way to stay connected with them, show them value. They'll hear, hear your voice, which means they've got an emotional connection with you, which then goes into your memory bank. So the next time they want to buy something from you again, they're going to think, oh, who was that? And that emotional response will come out again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I think that that's something that, you know, I feel in business and I hear all the time is that there's so many different options when it comes to communicating with our target market. And I think potentially we can get overwhelmed or default to the path of least resistance, which is often email, you know, and and I think that email is sometimes and many times not the best form of communication. I mean, certainly sometimes it is, but you know, that idea of, of looking at ways to communicate with our target market and both our prospects for new business and our existing clients, where do you think that businesses most struggle with that idea of communicating authentically with their target market? I think it comes down to the fear of the unknown. Um, you know, if I do this, are they going to laugh? If I do this, is it going to compromise my business? So instead of doing anything, they do nothing, which is actually hurting their business more. So for me, I think it's fear based. It's kind of like, you know, Facebook Live. I did a um, a speaking gig a few probably about eight weeks ago. And one of the things that I was talking about was Facebook and Instagram strategy, like foundational stuff. And I asked, there was a room of 80 people. And I said to them, how many of you actually use Facebook? Pretty much everyone's hands go up. Then I said, how many of you guys actually use Facebook Live? Not a single person in the room uses it. I'm like, oh my goodness. So then I asked, dug a little bit deeper and I'm like, well, what is it? And they're like, but what if we make a mistake? What if we do this? And my, my questions to them is, but what if you make a, what if you make a connection? What if you make, if you make, um, that connection then becomes an advocate for your business and advertises just by word of mouth because of how great you've been on Facebook live or what if that turns into, a sale, you know, and they're like, Oh, we didn't really think about it like that. We were just too worried about messing it up. And so I think, again, it's that fear base that comes back to, um, yeah. So I just say, just kind of get out there and just do it, go, be different at the moment. Everyone's doing the same thing. And there's a book called, and I have never read it actually, but it's like blue ocean strategy, I think, or blue strategy. They've sold like 3 million copies, but the gist of it is they talk about the blue ocean and the red ocean. And everyone at the moment, at the moment is red ocean. We wake up, we get in our cars, we go to work, we come home, we finish. Or everyone's running a business, but then everyone's using Facebook ads, everyone's automating it, everyone's doing the same exact thing. So it's quite hard to, I guess, stick out in a crowd that's very noisy. Start doing the opposite. You know, really start telling your story. Have it, d- d- I guess some people could also get hung up on telling their story. Just be you you know, and your story will come. So go to Facebook Live. Sometimes I'm literally in my pajamas 
with like laying on a couch and my children are screaming. But I know my target market A likes that and I'm providing them value because I get so much reach from people. Then people see me on the streets and how are you? And I'm like, hi, hey, nice to meet you, etc. So what I'm saying is I'm building those connections. So if we go back to the question, I think fear is, do you know what I mean, a big thing. And uh, yeah, we need to kind of get over that and kind of, you know, do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. So it's really, it's really fear that leads to inaction because I think inaction is what you're saying is, is the, you know, the biggest, biggest thing preventing people from, from achieving what they want to achieve. Yeah. Absolutely. I would agree. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So can you, um, just dive a little bit deeper into, you know, how, like what's your, on Finley and me, your kind of primary community there, what's, what sort of numbers can you wrap around the community that you've built there? Yeah, so uh, over the last seven years, we've been able to get our community to close to 70,000 on Facebook and on Instagram, we're just under 21,000. And our newsletter database is about 13,000. We used to have it at 50,000. And this is where, again, it's a numbers thing. Those people weren't doing anything. They didn't want to be part of the community. They had signed up to get something for free. Let go of the numbers. You're paying, like I pay ConvertKit copious amounts of money, which is fine because they do a great service. But don't worry about the numbers. So some people might go, oh, you only have 13,000 on your newsletter database. Yes, but I've got a 33% open rate because my community wants to read what I'm sending them and they want to stay involved. So again, don't worry about bigger numbers doesn't mean more. And listen, 70,000, I always say to people, that sounds like a great number, but the reality of it is, how many of those people are gonna turn up to my funeral? None. So it'll be my family and friends that turn up to my funeral. So people need to be really mindful about don't worry about the numbers. You know, yes, they're great. And yes, they, they've leveraged me in some elements of my business. But at the end of the day, people buy from people. So smaller, smaller can be better. So when you say don't worry about the numbers, I, I fully hear you there and, and agree absolutely. But I'm interested to see if you are looking at building a community around you, so building numbers around you, how would you say we go about building the right people to build those numbers? Yeah, so I mean, I, I can talk a little bit about the Angela Henderson uh, consulting one first, because yeah. obviously I've just started that group. So I started the group before I started the Facebook page. So in the group, I have 670 people, roughly. But on my Facebook page, I only have 100 and I'm okay with that. But what would I need to do? What have I, I've been nurturing my community inside of that group. So I ask questions. Um, I bring them on board. Um, and people are now finding me. So that's another thing is by providing good content and good value, you, your tribe will start to find you. It won't take long for them to find me. And really, w- Facebook, yes, uh, ben, you can, I can convert those numbers over to Facebook, probably some way, somehow. But I guess it's not a focus. So how do you create a community? Just start a group, start a Facebook page, start inviting members of your tribe, you know, members of your community. Uh, but again, it's it's a strategy, Ben, which I'm sure you know, you, you then need to tie it in still to your newsletter, because people in your newsletter might not be in your other day to day community, and they might be able to bring value and you could add value to them. Um, your Facebook page, like everything's interconnected. So I wouldn't ever say to a business, don't have, don't be growing your newsletters at the same time of growing your community, because your community is also part of your newsletter growing. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think you can have one without the other, Ben. I think everything of strategy is part of your community. So how are you going to do that? Well, there's multiple things that people have to do. I just don't know how long we have to chat about that. But, you know, growing your newsletter, are you providing them value or are you automating it? Yep. Because every email I receive in my inbox over the last months, I delete because it's the same thing. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And so I do the opposite. I take a picture of my kids and I doing whatever. Uh, I've got my professional image at the top and I just talk to people. I really much, I, I'm like, when I write my news that I'm having a story with them. So again, think about that. Are you having a story and are you connecting? And if you are, your community will grow. So just get started. Open up a Facebook group, open up your Facebook page, you know, ask questions. And the other really cool thing that Jada from the U.S. had talked about is that's when Jada you, once Selner, you start to, yeah. Jada Selner, yep. Yeah. So once you start to get your community, start to do things like, um, I think she called them happiness leaders or connectors. I can't remember. But in my group now that I've got close to 700, I'll start to be looking at adding some admin people, but people who like, who are advocating for me. All right. So then they then get acknowledged for their work. I might then shout them out a couple of times and then they're happy. And then then other community members start to go, oh, my goodness. Well, that's really cool that they're doing that. And then it's just a positive environment. So, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I think everything's kind of interconnected. You can't really just build one community without the other. You've got to still be nice in all communities and you still have to be commenting, commenting or nurturing them in both communities, including your newsletter and ultimately providing value to both of them. Yeah, look, it's, I think it's just about being human, right? Like if you think about these relationships you're building for the purpose of, of a business as the same way as the relationships you build for people that you want around you, family and friends, it's all the same thing, you know. If you're not if you're not giving some sort of value to those relationships, those personal relationships, or you're not communicating, you're not authentic, you're not real, you're not letting them, you know, see who you are and be yourself, then you know you're not building strong relationships personally either. And I think that's a really a really good point for people to to take from this conversation is the idea that, you know, don't look at your community that you're building around your brand and your business as, uh, you know, ta a target market, even though we use that term, um, look at them yes. as, you know, people who you want to engage with so that they want to engage with you. Exactly right. And again, it goes back to if you build that relationship with people, and get to know them. It's like when I talk about my net, the power of networking, if you don't, if you just go up to someone and give them their business card right at the beginning, most people will go, what a wanker. Like they didn't even ask me my name. They didn't get to know me. Or it's kind of like you go to a bar and you just tap someone on the shoulder and you're like, Hey, meet me in hotel room number 205. Well, that's kind of awkward. So you really have to, again, get to know your community members, get to, you know, show them what you do. I mean, in my Australian business collaborative, I don't actually, I mean, we've got one market day, but I don't really sell myself in that business, in that business group. I mean, you're in the group too, but you don't see me pushing my stuff in that group. I might post one of my blog posts that might be useful and that might be once every couple of weeks um, because I just want people to know that I'm just like, like I'm just another human being too. It will come, you know, they might not, I might not push it on there, but they're probably looking at my website. They're, you know, they're doing other things too. So, you know, don't worry. Yeah. Relationships first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, 
a great note to end this chat on today. But in the interest of relationships, how can people engage further with you? Um, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, so again, feel free, anyone can go on to the Australian Business Collaborative and join the group where we just pretty much talk about anything business related or even not business related sometimes. Um, or feel free to go to my website, which is AngelaHenderson.com.au. And you can read some blogs and get to know me a little bit better there. But if you're struggling with a question or anything, feel free to always reach out. That's awesome. So go and check Angela out, guys. And Angela, thanks very much for your time today. It's been awesome. And I've learned a lot and it's got me thinking about a few things that I need to do better as well. No worries. Thanks for having me, Ben. You have an awesome day too. Cheers. Thanks again to Angela for that chat. So what's stuck for you? Send me a tweet and let me know at engage underscore Ben. As always, the show notes are over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 15 in this case, with links to all of Angela's sites and where you can get in touch with her. Now, if you're getting any value from listening to Engage With Story, then can I ask for two small things? Thing one, head on over and subscribe on iTunes. Then you'll get each new episode downloaded ready to go every Tuesday. And thing two, send a link or tell a friend about the show. I'd love your support. And as always, I appreciate you for listening. So to end the show on a quote, this one from Mary Catherine Bateson. The human species thinks in metaphors and learns through stories. I love that. See you next time.